Greetings, Alpha Seekers. Uh, Nugent Ventures is on the air. A uh, couple of things today. Uh, one is there's a guy on CNBC from Goldman Sachs, and of course they are the smartest guys in the room. So I am going to try to read to you what he says off of the closed captions. Um, so he says that the best hedge against inflation is oil or copper. Now, it's kind of tough to position yourself with oil. Um, you can use that USO, but we've talked about that before. So you could buy oil stocks, you know, uh, but I think those have already run up. And, uh, the other thing he recommends is copper. So basically commodities. And then he says that Bitcoin's like supercharged copper. So, you know, you could go with that Bitcoin ETF, but that's based on futures. You could go with the USO, that's based on futures. And, uh, I don't really know how to trade copper. Miners, I guess. So inflation hedges are things that go up with strong demand and inadequate supply. So it's supply and demand. Goldman's not projecting hyperinflation uh, or stagflation or inflation, whatever inflation you want to talk about. So that's, first of all, that may be the best thing to do is not use it as a hedge. But he recommends all those things instead of gold. And he makes the point that gold used to be a great hedge in the Roman Empire. Uh, it's a hedge against debasement of currency. And that's the origin of that term. Now, we look at modern debasement as, you know, pretty money. But back in the day, what they would do, uh, they'd put other metals in coins rather than gold. And that's how they debase the currency. So naturally, if you had pure gold, that was a great hedge. But that's not how it is anymore. Uh, in the modern world, he says oil's better. So uh, inflation definitely in the news, though. Uh, Jack Dorsey, who founded Twitter and also founded Square, which is a payment. Uh, Twitter's the social media. Uh, that's Jeff Green, by the way, from Goldman. So... Uh, Jack Dorsey went out and said that hyperinflation is on the way. And, you know, it was in a tweet, so it's, he doesn't make a real articulated case. But Kathy Wood, who is uh, the doyen of these uh, internet unicorns, sent out one of these long tweet uh, strings, I guess you call them. I don't know what you call them. But, um... Like you can't, you can only fit so many characters in one tweet, so people use a bunch of them. So I will just quote her. Uh, in 2008-09, when the Fed started quantitative easing, I thought inflation would take off. I was wrong, as were many. Instead, the velocity of money, the rate at which money turns over every year, declines, taking away its inflationary sting. According to her... Uh, velocity still falling. Now, Jack Dorsey's tweet, and he's Jack on Twitter, right? 
hyperinflation is going to change everything. It's happening. That's what he says. But she says uh, deflation is the biggest risk, which is what everybody thought a year ago. She believes that, or they believe, uh, she speaks in the royal we for her farm. Now we believe that three sources of deflation will overcome the supply chain-induced inflation that is wreaking havoc on the global economy. Two sources are secular or long-term and one is cyclical. Technology, Technologically enabled innovation, which is what she invests in, is deflationary and is the most port potent source of deflation. Artificial intelligence, AI training costs, for example, are dropping by 40 to 70% at an annual rate, a record-breaking deflationary force. AI is likely to transform every sector, industry, and company during the 5- to 10-year period. Well, she's talking her book, but then her book is expressing her view, so we forgive that. When costs and prices decline, velocity and disinflation, if not deflation, follow. If consumers and businesses believe the prices will fall in the future, they'll wait to buy goods and services, pushing the velocity of money down. Uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of true, because when the first new TV comes out that, you know, talks to you or, or sings you a lullaby... And Anya always, my wife, Anya always wants to buy the latest and greatest. And I always say, wait, you know, buy two or three generations. And in my prior incarnation in the corporate world, that's how we used to do it too with this new tech, you know. There's the early adopters and, and they'll pay the high price. But then, you know, as the new new thing comes out, uh, the price of the last year's new new thing falls. Now, she goes on to say the second secular source of deflation would be creative destruction thanks to disruptive innovation. Since the tech and telecom bust and the global financial crisis in 2008-09, many companies have catered to short-term oriented shareholders who want profits and dividends now. They leveraged their balance sheets to pay dividends and buy back shares manufacturing earnings per share, which is a very easy way if you're the CFO to hit your numbers, right? They haven't invested enough in innovation and probably will be forced to service their debts by selling increasingly obsolete goods at discounts, which equals in deflation. Well, that's a pretty profound insight. The third and most controversial source of deflation is cyclical because businesses shut down and were caught flat-footed as goods consumption took off during the coronavirus crisis. They are still scrambling to catch up, probably double and triple ordering beyond their needs. There's a hoarding thing that goes on with scarcity. As a result, once the holiday season passes and companies face excess supplies, prices should unwind. Some commodity prices, lumber and iron ore, have already dropped 50%, which is true. China's crackdowns are one of the reasons the oil price is an outlier and psychologically important. Oil had three sources of support on the supply side. Global demand for oil is still below that in 2019 and is unlikely to return to its old high, partly because its price has broken a string of lower highs and is above the $77 hit in 2018, 
therefore destroying demand. So high prices are the cure for high prices. Uh, the price elasticity of demand. When gas hits, like in California, there's an outlier price. It's like seven bucks a gallon. Well, people are going to drive less, and people are also getting browbeaten about being, you know, destroyers of the planet. So they're shifting. Now, today, I just saw Tesla got a contract to supply a hundred thousand uh, cars to Hertz. So as people start to rent those cars, they may say, hey, I could get one of these. So, you know, that whole thing is happening. On the supply side, as she says, ESG, environmental, social, and governance mandates have forced energy companies to shift capital spending from mature fossil fuels to nascent renewables. And this is why Kramer said they're uninvestable. Well, he was wrong, but... Maybe in the long term he'll be right, but as Keane said, in the long term we'll be dead. Meanwhile, banks have deprived fracking companies of funding after their near-death experience in 2020. In response to the near-quadrupling of oil prices since the low last year, electric vehicle adoption has accelerated, sowing the seeds of serious oil price decline in the longer term. I think she's probably right about that. I mean, there's just too many things uh, stacked against fossil fuel. And now the weather is starting to, you know, certainly the reporting on the weather is a steady drumbeat about what's happening. And, you know, like there's some kind of a weird, uh, what is it there, typhoon out on the West Coast and I mean, you can imagine what would happen if the typhoon starts to tip over those container ships. You know, you talk about the perfect storm. So, wait, those container ships parked out. You know, you look at these things, they're like stacked eight high, man. That thing tips over. Katie, bar the door. Be a market to send scuba divers down to get all the stuff. But um, she closes by saying that truth always wins. Well, yeah, I mean, price is truth, though. And right now, short term, and and maybe, you know, she is basically agreeing with Jerome Powell, who thinks this is transitory. Now, the transit time may be longer than he thought. But I think that's probably true. It's, it's hard to imagine that, you know, well, it's not that hard to imagine, but if we get another administration that reverses field and oil or fossil fuels like Trump did, who knows? But uh, that would actually bring prices down, which would be deflationary. So, but long term, I think fossil fuels are a dinosaur. And that's actually what they're made of, dinosaurs. Well, and leaves and stuff, right? And all of it, by the way, is solar, because all that energy that made those plants and decayed is, is all from the sun originally. It's just kind of messy. So anyway, that's uh, that's what the buzz is on inflation and deflation. And so don't put all your money in gold. Don't put all your money in Bitcoin. Don't panic about inflation. If Goldman's not worried about it, then that's good enough for me, frankly. And Kyle's not that worried about it. So... I am not going to 
spend too much time worrying about. So that's it. 12 or so minutes of your life that hopefully it has been enhanced in some way by me sharing what I had on my mind today. So live long and prosper, and we will hopefully talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.